Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to talk about the Jets and the Arizona Cardinals. Post-game report, final score, 30-10. The Arizona Cardinals get the victory. I wasn't that far off. I thought it was going to be 24-7. Today, a little bit different. Instead of Andy Vasquez from NorthJersey.com, who's here most weeks, today, Joe Blewett, who's on the show normally to do XNL Quick Hits, is doing a little double duty this week. I'm really glad that he was able to join me because all kinds of scheduling conflicts. So this will be a little bit different because normally when you hear from Joe on the show, he sat down and watched you all 22s. But today we're going to talk about everything after the fact, directly after. So Joe, what a game that was, huh? Something else. Yeah, it was. It's, it's funny, like because you say double duty, and, and maybe I would enjoy doing double duty if the Jets were actually good, but. Double duty on a week like this, like rough, man. You gotta, you gotta start throwing me some cash or something. But uh, no, it's uh, yeah, it sucks. It's honestly like people. I still see people getting mad on Twitter and all this stuff. I don't know how you get mad at this point. Like this is, it's expected every single week. You know, we're all kind of rooting for the same thing at this point, and wins don't do anything. So today was a positive outcome. So let's talk about what happened in this game. And before the game, I had said that the Cardinals really only have two weapons on offense because Kenyon Drake hasn't delivered much in the running game this year. It's been all Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And I said, if the Jets could come close to stopping those guys, they might be competitive. I didn't expect it to happen, and I was right. DeAndre Hopkins actually wasn't that awesome in the first half. They reasonably kept him in check, but in the second half, he really went off. He had that big touchdown grab to seal the deal, and he ended up with well over 100 yards receiving. And Kyler Murray, I thought he was going to do a lot of damage with his legs. He didn't. And mostly it's because he didn't need to. He was so efficient passing the ball. 
and it was DeAndre Hopkins doing some damage. It was Christian Kirk doing some damage as well, but he more or less had his way with the defense. Now, Avery Williamson was able to get in there for an interception, so it wasn't all bad. John Franklin Myers had another really good game, actually got a sack, but Beyond that, the defense was absolutely horrible again. No pressure whatsoever. Kyler Murray was only touched once, and it was that John Franklin Myers sack that I talked about before. A constant theme here with Greg Williams' defense this year, zero pressure, terrible coverage. Although I will say one of the bright spots was I thought Lamar Jackson did pretty well. I know he got beat on those two plays by DeAndre Hopkins, but one of them was just an incredible catch by Hopkins, and the other was a perfect throw by Kyler Murray. So I thought even with that, he did a pretty good job in this game, especially for an undrafted rookie. But for the most part, this defense was bad all the way around. Coverage, they didn't have to stop the run because Arizona didn't really run the ball much, but they didn't get any pressure. The coverage was poor. Anytime that happens, you're going to allow a ton of points, and that's what happened. Arizona getting 30 points today. Yeah, and I think I don't, I don't know if this counts as technically a hit because of the penalty, but I know that he was hit in the end zone and he threw the ball up. That's when uh, Ashton Davis picked it, but it came back for some type of penalty because that's what the Jets do. They they get penalties, so that was not a positive part of of the defense either. The linebackers are slow. Jordan Jenkins makes no impact. Uh, the pass rush wasn't there, you know, at all today. Uh, Quentin Williams was was pretty quiet. He had an impact player too that I remember seeing. And again, with defensive linemen, you definitely want to go back back and watch the tape because they do make some impact that people don't necessarily see. So um, he might have been okay, but other than that, from the defense, you know, I, I saw Huffner Murray sometimes. I saw obviously John Franklin Myers, who's been one of the biggest positives of this year. You know, a guy who made an impact his rookie year. The Rams defensive line is so good. They didn't have enough room for him. You know, last year he, he got turfed the entire year. So nobody's really expecting anything from him, but he's been uh, one of the, if not the most productive pass rusher on the team. So he had a sack, which is um, a positive, like you said, with, with, with Lamar Jackson, it's all about relative tech. It's, it's all, it's all about expectations. And for him to just be in the vicinity of Hopkins on both throws and make Hopkins make difficult catches. They weren't necessarily easy catches. Obviously. Yeah perfect world he deflects the ball picks it off you know shuts him down whatever but again relative to expectations for a guy Lamar Jackson um being undrafted to just be in a vicinity and and making Hopkins have to adjust the catches and make difficult catches um you have to give him you know a a slight positive it can't be too big of a positive because obviously he got beat multiple times and uh they kept targeting him because you know uh, peer to seer only lines up on the defense's left the offense's right so they kept putting Hopkins on the left side and targeting Lamar Jackson, which is a smart thing to do, even though he could have burned Pierre Desir you know, just as easily because he's terrible. Uh, McDougal's terrible. Uh, Marcus May has been making no impact. Avery Wilson had a nice pick. You know, good job by uh, Hewitt, who rushed and then saw that he couldn't get to the, to the quarterback, adjusted his body into the quarterback's throwing lane. I don't know if he did it based on hallway, eyes, whatever it was, but he got into the throwing lane, tipped it up. Avery Wilson picks it. And, of course, in the Jets' fashion ever, delay of game and now it's not you know first and 10 or first and goal from the 10 or whatever it was now it's now it's first and 15 uh so that's just how the, how they do it because obviously adam gates is just it was so much pressure to get a play out in a minute uh you know co- coaches can't do that you should have seen how he did it in practice it was it must have been much, it must have been much better so uh yeah the defense the defense was was overall uh bad the defense is the worst in the league i, I really don't know if there's a worse defense in the league than this because like I said, problem with Greg Williams is he spot drops his linebackers. People shred the defense over over the middle. All you have to do is send a couple of routes out that you know are going to spread out cover two and just hit guys over the middle. And, and there's a couple of plays where they actually play cover two relatively well. 
Uh, I believe it was like, I, I forget exactly what series was again. You know, I didn't go back and watch it. But I remember two two plays in a row. They shut down the Cardinals with cover two. They come out. They come out on third down and in and, and cover one man coverage, obviously, um, and they get they get shredded in in cover one. So you had two plays that worked in cover two, and then you go to cover uh, one on third down. They get beat. So he's not a great coach. A lot of people overrated him last year. Again, we've talked about it. You know, bad teams, bad quarterbacks. Um, and some of the stats, I'm sure, were the Jets getting blown out. So teams didn't really need to try to throw them on the, on the, uh, in, the in the fourth quarter and things like that. So I might have aided them in terms of their overall DBO ranking and things like that. Because obviously, yeah, you have a good game versus you know the Bengals, Dolphins, et cetera, whoever it may, may be. That, that aids to your DBO ranking. But then when you're getting blown out by whoever the Jets got blown out by last year, plenty of teams. Uh, those teams don't have to try in the second half, so that helps their ranking. So he was largely overrated. There's a reason he he you know fizzles out after you know two three years everywhere he's gone, mostly two years because his shtick you know wears off. The rah rah stuff wears off. Um, nobody's really playing hard for him. So yeah, the, the defense is terrible. They have a piece or two going forward, uh, probably with you know guys like Fado Kasi, Q, Tron Flanke Myers, and and probably Huff. Maybe Marcus May, if he, if, he, if he re-sign him, he takes a cheap contract and he, and he plays more deep than he has been in the box because the box is not a great player there or probably below average, to be completely honest. But other than that, Los Austin, maybe? You know, Bryce Hall? Zubiga? But where was he today? I, I saw that he was not hurt, but I don't I don't know if he even played a rep. I didn't see him. So, uh, yeah, it's bad. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. It's just bad. The offense wasn't any better, and I would say that if the defense is the worst in the league, the offense also has to be the worst in the league. But I will say, Joe Flacco today, people were getting on me when I said this on Twitter. I said I thought he played fairly well for a guy who gets the AARP newsletter and spent the entire offseason recovering from neck surgery, and people thought that that meant that I was saying that Joe Flacco was good. I'm not saying Joe Flacco was good, although he wasn't helped out by all the drop passes, and we're going to get to that, Joe. But what I am trying to say is that the reasonable expectations for Joe Flacco is that he just doesn't embarrass himself in the game, because anything beyond that is asking for way too much from Flacco at this point. People will talk about how he won a Super Bowl that was eight years ago. He hasn't been good in years. I don't know how great he was to begin with, but he has basically been what he is now, which is a guy who you throw in there and hope he doesn't lose you the game. Joe Flacco certainly didn't do anything eye-opening, but I didn't think he was embarrassing. I didn't think he was good, but I also think that anybody that expected anything more than what they got in this game was fooling themselves. And so when people say that this game proved that nobody could succeed in this offense, granted, I am not defending Adam Gase here at all, but what I am saying is I don't think Joe Flacco's performance proved or disproved anything because what could you possibly have been expecting from him today? Yeah, he was just Joe Flacco. Like it's like you said, neck surgery hasn't played in um, you know, a long time. Uh obviously losing the starting job last year to uh, Drew Locke, which I believe it was because of the injury, and then didn't really get a lot of the training camp preseason, you know, a lot of connection with the receivers, things like that. So, yeah, he was better than Luke Falk and David Fales. That's a, that's a positive. But if you thought he was going to be the Joe Flacco if you, that, he, that he was in 2012, then you're sadly mistaken. And like you said, uh, if you actually go back and watch that, the highlights of that Super Bowl run that they have, and they have the highlights of all of the, the playoff games, there was like a billion times where he just chucked it up to Anquan Bolden and he caught it. Like he really wasn't that impressive. He's never a great quarterback. Um, he was obviously carried by that by that defense. So uh, yeah, he you know came in and he made some throws. Uh, the receivers dropped passes that he did hit him on. 
there were some times, obviously, he missed some throws. He was out of sync with his receivers, which is expected, like I said, with the lack of training camp preseason, et cetera. Um, and he panicked in the pocket a little bit. As soon as there was some pressure, there were some times he clearly could have just stepped up a little bit, slid uh, forward, and, and, and delivered the ball. There were some receivers he missed open. But uh, overall, like I said, he wasn't, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. But this is why I preface a lot of things I say, Scott, with relative to expectations. Because if you say Joe Flacco played okay, then people are like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? But relative to the expectations him being a backup, like I said, with all the other factors that we've been discussing, uh, yeah, he was – he was all right. Like I said, I'd rather have him uh, come in than, than Sales or any one of these guys. Uh, maybe, you know, obviously I would like to see Morgan or maybe even like to see Mike White, but uh, the Jets obviously aren't going to going to do that. So he looked, you know, um, as we all pretty much expected. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. As far as the receivers go, Jamison Crowder's awesome. That's just all I have to say about him. And I was pounding the table for him when he was a free agent in Washington, telling people how good he is. I think now we can see it. I'm just hoping that the Jets 
don't try and release him at the end of the season to save the $10 million and instead will sign him to a contract extension because I think he's done everything they could ask of him and more. He's been outstanding in the games that he's played, did it again today against Arizona. But beyond that, there really wasn't much here in terms of the passing game. I'll tell you one thing that I think has been exposed, and that is the fact that Christopher Herndon isn't good. His rookie year, we all got fooled because he had a few nice games and there was some chemistry with Darnold, but I think he's been exposed now. He has been absolutely dreadful. He continued that today. He had one nice catch, but then he ended up almost coughing the ball up. I hate that we have to burst people's bubbles on this one, but I think it's about time that we acknowledge this fact. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie, and this isn't to blow smoke up my own ass, but uh, with the Herndon thing, even in the offseason when I ranked the top 25 players and we talked about like some superlative type shows, I said that I thought Chris Herndon was largely overrated by Jets fans, where Jets fans are automatically assuming him to come back and be a top 10, top 15 guy. And I was asking the question of what did he really do his rookie year? Like you, you watch his routes that he ran. You know, there were some routes that were definitely nice adjustments to, to uh, Donald, you know, uh, rolling out and getting in trouble and him, you know, uh, finding a soft spot in the in the uh, defense. But that's, you can't really rely on that consistently. So, yeah, there's a few nice parts of that. A nice catch or two, you know, deep versus Jacksonville, which I believe got called back. The Packers catch, sure, that's great. But the other, you know, 500, 600 reps he played, he wasn't really that great. So I didn't expect uh, a great season coming back. I also didn't expect this, like you said. Uh, was that a fumble? Was it not? Probably was. It looked, I thought it was going to be um, by the review. Obviously, you know, they, they called it that it wasn't a fumble on the field, so they didn't feel it had enough. You know, uh, you have to retain the ball or keep the ball. Uh, and then, like you said, the drop pass in the red zone. It could have been an easy first down for the Jets. And uh, he, he does the, car- the cardinal sin of not looking the ball in, which is literally, you literally learn that in peewee football. And he also has terrible technique with his hands. There's a reason, there's a reason he has a lot of drops. It's because your hands are supposed to be in that diamond formation. Like if you put your, your two index fingers or pointers together and your two thumbs together, that's you want to catch the ball, catch the nose of the ball. And if it squirts through a little bit, that's fine because your hands are there. What does he do? He tries to clap on the ball. Like he, he doesn't, he, his hands are so far apart, he tries to clap the middle of the ball. So there's a reason they, a lot of them squirt through. He has terrible technique with his catching. It's not even just, oh, it's, it's bad luck. Or, oh, he doesn't look the ball. And it's his technique with his hands is also awful. So, He's been a massive disappointment um, this year. Ryan Griffin and other tight ends been a massive disappointment in terms of him getting a contract and making absolutely no impact. And like we said, I don't know if it was on this show or another show, but he said, uh, you know, after he sent a contract, oh, I don't know if I'll ever be like my be like myself again. I never feel like myself, which is you know a great thing to hear after you sign a guy to a contract. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then the wide receivers. If we're talking about the tight ends and the wide receivers. Uh, yeah, they were bad. Jamison Crowder, after watching his film in Washington, thought he was a really good slot receiver. Uh, this year, he's the only receiver to play in every game, which obviously he gets aided by the fact that he only played three games. But every every game he plays, he's over 100 yards. Really, really impressive. I think there was one route where he ran a little bit short of the six and was able to get it, so that was on him. But overall, getting open, good yak, good hands, plays hard, which is which is nice to see him barking after some plays. Obviously, it's probably frustrating for him to get blown out all the time. He's actually producing and playing really, really well. Um, so he's definitely a massive positive. But other than that, from the receivers, you see why they are a bunch of backups. Like, yeah, you know, Barrios has been uh, – he, he's impressed in terms of, like, him maybe being a long-term fifth or sixth guy. But in terms of getting massive amount of reps, he's been a uh, – he, he's a disappointment, and he's not hes not really – it was not a disappointment, I shouldn't say. Again, relative to the expectations, he's been okay. But he's a backup. There's a, there's a, there's a reason um, 
that he didn't really play last weekend. And I thought he should have, but he's you know he's a backup. He is what it is. But he had a, he had a ball in the red uh, in the red zone or actually in the end zone. Blackwell throws on the run and he has to, yeah he has to die for it, but the ball goes right through his forearms. Doesn't even doesn't even touch the ball. So you wanted to see him have better eye you know eye hand coordination, obviously, uh, and catch that ball. You're in the NFL. The ball should not be going through your forearms. You had you had Smith who had a um, good game last week against the Broncos, but this week, you know, he showed some of those quarterback hands. He dropped multiple passes in this game, pretty easy throws. Um, the receivers didn't really produce much, so they need guys to come back. And obviously, Hogan gets hurt now. Um, on, on the one play where his leg bent back and looked all funky, uh, you don't have Tager, you don't have Mims, you don't have Perryman. So the Jets were playing with a bunch of backups minus Crowder, and that's kind of what happened. You had, um, the one starter, I would say the, probably a top five slot receiver in the league right now, um, look great. And then all the other guys look like backups and drop balls and not and not help out Flacco. Obviously, some of that, uh, some of their lack of production was Flacco missing guys, not looking easy in the pocket. You know, the first play, it's funny. I'm sure we're talking about Adam Gase, but, you know, we're begging them to run more play action. First play, play action. Joe Flacco misses a wide open guy on an over route. So, uh, it was a combination of things, but the receivers aren't good. The tight ends aren't good. They need a lot of resources poured into both positions um, going forward, which is obviously a pretty sad thing because at least this year we thought going in, okay, you have Griffin, solid backup. You know, Wesco, solid backup, which I, th- I think Wesco has has impressed in terms of him lining up at H-back and fullback. He's, a, he's been a really, really good blocker. Um, I'm not going to kill him for getting a handoff on third and one on the fullback dive when he's never ran the ball before. <laughs> That's more on coaching than it is on him to expect him to get that and see a cutback lane. It's not really uh, fair to him. So he's been a positive. So maybe he's a long-term blocking guy. But we thought we had, you know, uh, Herndon and uh, Griffin moving forward, and that's clearly not the case. Uh, we need more tight ends. We need more depth at receivers. We need a true number one X receiver uh, for defenses to, to focus on uh, to help out whoever the quarterback's going to be next year. So, yeah, the, 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 both those routes definitely disappointed. Some more curious decisions by Adam Gase all day, just scratching my head at some of these things. There were times where it was fourth and one and he should have gone for it and he punted. Then when he did go for it, he would use the most predictable play possible that would get stuffed. He just didn't know what to call or what to do all day. There was that weird handoff to Trevon Wesco that didn't produce anything. And then the Jeff Smith play where he took the ball and I guess he was going to go back and throw, got tackled for like a 20-yard loss. So everything Gase did made no sense, including the distribution of carries. Now, obviously, the Jets got down, so they were going to be throwing a lot more than running. But explain this one to me, Joe. Le'Veon Bell carried the ball 13 times and, by the way, looked pretty solid today. He had an average of 4.6 yards per carry, all told, 13 carries for 60 yards. Frank Gore gets nine carries. What is that about? You have a healthy Le'Veon Bell. You only target him once. You give him 13 carries while you give Gore nine. That makes zero sense to me. Yeah, so the whole Gase thing, I wish I like, cared enough during the game to write all them down because I'm just so numb, numb to it at this point. But, yeah, you know, they, they get a penalty. Uh, second and 24, they run the ball at the middle. Um, third and one, after I believe that was after they threw the challenge flag. I'm not completely sure. But Jameson Crowder was, was I, I, and again, I believe it was Jameson Crowder, was very, very, very clearly, even on the uh, initial broadcast angle, short of the first down, and then the Jets challenge it like like it wasn't even close. And is, um, um, that's not all on Gase. That's that's like organization or, or uh, organizational problem because, to my knowledge, most teams have guys in you know up 
wherever they are in the uh, up high in one of those boxes, and they're reviewing the plays. So if somebody wants to call down and say, "Oh, challenge! I, I think we can win it." I don't understand how anybody ever even thought that was close. Like you have a good amount of time that you still the challenge flag after uh, they did that, and then they get you know obviously it's not the timeout. Like you said, fourth and one, we're like the first team in like NFL history to go to not go for on. Uh, two fourth and ones in a row or two fourth and ones in the first quarter, whatever the stat is, I forget exactly. Again, I don't really care. Uh, terrible. Um, the, the, the fullback dives to, to Westo and then he says, oh, you know, you should have seen in practice. You never get stopped. Like, okay, it's practice and who cares? So that gets stuffed. And then Le'Veon Bell, you know, who we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, on fourth and one, they, they run like a, a fake dive toss to him. When Le'Veon Bell, one of his major knocks on him is that you're not the most athletic, fast guy. Mm-hmm. And you want to have speed. It's not like we have Raheem Mostert. So now you're running him on a toss and expecting him to outrun the defense uh, to the sideline? Like what? Like what? <laughs> so <laughs> that's a terrible decision. And you look at the running back distribution. You have Frank Gore, I believe is that, I, I don't know if it's 10 or 9 carries, but regardless of whatever it was, who – um, is not a good running back. And again, I've been defending the offensive line a little bit because and I'm going to make a threat of this. Um, all the missed holes of, of Frank Gore throughout his, his first couple of weeks in the Jets. And there's been plenty of missed holes where, you know, he might take two yards, but if he were to be a little bit easy and more balanced with his feet and have his weight more backwards instead of leaning forward so hard, just hitting any patch of grass he sees, you know, that could make a two yard opening. Or not a two yard opening, but an opening for two yards, I should say. I should rephrase that because two yard opening is pretty wide. Um, he'll miss cutback lanes or he's not uh, laterally athletic enough to cut back and he misses a bunch of cutback lanes and in this game you have Bell come in has a few nice you know uh, runs he's cutback lanes you know gets near five yards per carry whatever it was like 4.6 4.7 which is a lot better than last year so the offensive line run blocking even with a unhealthy George Stanton without Becton was much better than it was last year and that's why when Becton and Santa healthy the offensive line run blocking has definitely been a, a, a massive step up regardless you know if you think they're 20th or 18th or 25th, that from last year is a massive leap. So credit to Joe Douglas for that. I'm not going to back down on that, that he has definitely, uh, you know, uh, helped out the offensive line. But then you give Bell, who, again, is running well, 13 carries, and Gore, nine carries, when Bell looks 100 times better, one reception. Um, and then you have him coming out of the game much if you saw, you saw this guy under that work, and that's why you had some scheduling conflicts and things like that. But Le'Veon Bell comes out after – the, the game and it's liking tweets about him getting traded. Uh, I don't, Scott, did you see that or no? Yes. In fact, I was just about to bring that up. Here are some tweets that Le'Veon Bell liked. You'll notice that one of them is from a very familiar name, and that, of course, is Joe Caparoso of TurnOnTheJets.com. He tweeted out Le'Veon Bell had one target in the passing game today, the same amount as Trevon Wesco. Jeff Smith had 11 targets. Bell liked that one. Le'Veon Bell, whom the Jets stressed the need to involve in the passing game this season, had one catch on one target for seven yards. That tweet from Connor Hughes. And then there was another tweet that Le'Veon liked saying that Le'Veon should be traded at the trade deadline. Unfortunately for Bell, I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think anybody's going to take that contract. You take that 
and you combine it with what we heard from Adam Gase in the post-game press conference, and you alluded to this, Joe, he said that what they're doing in the game is not matching what he's seeing in practice, and this just paints a picture, once again, of a guy who has absolutely no control of his team, no concept of what's going on. It's actually scary, and the fact that now Le'Veon Bell, who has played the good soldier all this time, has finally had enough. In fact, Brian Costello of the New York Post was all upset because Le'Veon Bell blew off the Zoom call afterwards. I don't blame Le'Veon no. Bell for the exact reason that was just pointed out by Connor Hughes and Joe Caparoso. He was targeted one time in the entire game after the entire offseason Adam Gase was going around saying how he was going to incorporate Bell into the passing game. Here comes Bell rushing back from injury, and this is what he does. And then on top of it, Bell was effective running the ball, and he splits the carries with a completely ineffective Frank Gore. I don't blame Bell for finally having enough and for not wanting to get on that Zoom call because if he got on the Zoom call, Joe, he might have said something he would have regretted later. Uh, yeah, and then the other tweet, like, and, and I'll just read the p- first part of it, but somebody quote tweeted, you know, uh, a Bleacher Report account that says Le'Veon likes and like the little eye emoji, and that person, another person quote tweeted said, the Jets should trade Le'Veon Bell. I love the guy, but I'm tired of Gates' mm-hmm. BS. He doesn't know how to use him, so they might as well get a pick from the Wall Street. And he liked that. And like, usually if you see likes like this, like I'll, I'll go back like two, three hours later, and I'm like, okay, he was heated after the game. He didn't, he didn't unlike these things. Like these are, these are still on his account. So he is done with the Jets, and I agree with him, but. That's the same thing I didn't mention about Crowder. I'm, I'm, well, I'm worried about Crowder getting traded because I think he could be a piece here. But like, what's to say the Jets just don't dump everybody who is who has any type of trade value at the at the, uh, at the trade deadline? I think it's smart for a guy like Le'Veon Bell because you know, listen, is he going to be here in two three years and still be really effective when the Jets are hopefully making you know actual playoff runs? No, but could Crowder be? I I, I think so. Um, so Le'Veon is probably going to get traded, and and good for him. We, you know, we took an All Pro running back. Uh, a Hall of Fame type running back, and it isn't a complete joke like, like we were talking about. It's not even just the play calls on, on third and fourth down, um, but the fact that uh, you know you had Savon Wesco running the ball instead of Le'Veon Bell on third down, and then another part of the game, which again there's probably more instances of this, but just from the first watch, there's a there's a play where Frank Gore splits out wide um, in an empty set, and they target Frank Gore in an in route instead of Le'Veon Bell. Like why is Le'Veon Bell not running routes that wide? And instead, it's Frank Gore. Like, what? Like, how does that even happen? So, uh, Adam Gase is an absolute joke. Like, uh, and, and, like, there's some concepts I said that, that are pretty intriguing that, that could work. But his, like, his, his nature of just my way or the highway, running Gore on route, um, you know, coming out and saying, oh, it's practice and, you know, the drops and nothing's wrong with my offense. Like, in the Bills game, I wouldn't change any calls and his, his lack of adjustment. Uh, after the game, they asked him about some adjustments that he could have made. Oh, I'll have to watch the tape. Okay. Well, guess who gets the benefit of watching tape? I do, and I cannot criticism. But guess what? You don't. You have to adjust in-game. You're the head coach of the NFL team. Like You can't just say, oh, I have no idea what's going on right now. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out on Tuesday. No, you're in a game. You have to adjust. Um, so the fact that, yeah, Le'Veon Bell doesn't get targeted, doesn't get used, gets used just as much as Frank Gore. Frank Gore actually runs routes, and they get targeted where, where Le'Veon doesn't. Um, it is an absolute mess right now and you know like i said before before we started recording um the, the benefit of gay saying is <clears throat> the fact that they're going to lose probably every other game under gay whereas if they bring in another guy you know whoever it may be boyer or, or or jim bob cooter or whatever maybe they would win a game because they'll be a little bit amped up or team like everybody in the sideline nobody's talking to each other everybody's heads down 
Everybody looks pissed off. We had the Cardinals making special teams tackles and dancing and things like that. So it's kind of like sad to see the state of the team right now. So maybe if they change the coach, it'll, it'll change that and people get a fire under their ass. But um, so that's, you know, the, I, I guess like the, the positive of him saying is they're going to continue to suck and get the first pick. But at the same time, it's like you kind of want him fired just for, just to ease your, your, your soul. Like it's just knowing <laughs> he's gone because even with him here, like 99% we're sure that he didn't get fired, but we're talking about the Johnson. So if the Jets were to come out and win two, three games in a row and then when guys are healthy, and then he comes out and says, oh, you know, I have faith in him. You know, the, the team rallied around him. We're going to keep him for 2021. Like, is that – can you undoubtedly say it's not going to happen, which I, like I said, 99% sure that it won't, but that 1% still creeps in the back of my mind. So, um, and, you know, Dan Quinn gets fired, who made a Super Bowl run a couple of years ago. Bill O'Brien makes the playoffs every single year. Uh, and obviously has underachieved overall, but uh, is, is fired. And Adam Gase, who has had more blowout losses – uh, more two score losses than wins as a Jets coach is, is still here because, you know, the, the idiot Johnsons had to come out or Chris Johnson had to come out and back his, you know, his head coach after one game of the season, which should be a red flag to Johnson. Um, initially that, that, that he had, he had to do that. So why come out and back him? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a mess right now. You have a coach who's trying to win to save his job while the GM is trying to rebuild the roster. And this is why people say, and we talked about this last week, Scott, which I don't know if an example of this, this game, but oh, well, him, him saying the coach doesn't hurt the team. He literally hurt Beckton and Darnold because he wants to win. Where if if, if, a, if an intern coach, whoever, uh, wouldn't have done that because you know Joe Douglas could have you know hopefully said to not play those guys, which is a whole other issue because if Joe Douglas doesn't have that power to tell Gates not to play those guys after injury, does he? Does he not? You know, is does he does he not have that flexibility to tell Gates that? You know, so there's a bunch of issues that are kind of underlying in that. But it's just it's just so bad overall. Just to put a capper on this, Joe, so far this season, the Jets have scored 75 points. Their opponents have scored 161. That's a point differential of negative 86. Teams playing the Jets are averaging 32 points a game. So it sort of backs up what we were saying, that the Jets have both the worst offense and the worst defense in the league. That's a hell of a combination. Joe Blewett of JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on and wrapping up this game with me. Really appreciate it. I know you're going to have the film up in a couple of days, and boy, are you going to have some things to point out. So for people that want to check out your work, follow you on Twitter. Where can they get a hold of you, and how can they look at your film reviews? Yeah, JetsXFactor.com, Jets with an S. Uh, XFactor.com, the YouTube, just type in JetsXFactor, uh, Blue It Split specifically, and then follow me on Twitter, JoeRB31. Uh, and the, the positive thing is a lot of these shows, and I actually just started a bunch of threads through, uh, you know, on, on Twitter. So if you want to go on the threads, I'm looking at a lot of young guys, John Franklin Myers, Huff, uh, Quinn Williams. I'm doing a bunch of threads. Beckton, uh, I'm going to start a bad Donald thread and a good Donald thread, which I'm sure is not going to create any issues on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but those are all those are all out there. So you can go follow me there if you, if you want to see some of the young guys. I'm not really I'm not focusing on the guys like you know Steve McClendon, even though I love them, and, and Pierre this year. The guys who aren't going to be here, I'm not really focusing on them too much. So. Uh, you can follow me there, and then, like I said, the, the show will be out in a, in a couple of days. Before we head out, let's check in with our buddy Charlie Campbell over at WalterFootball.com and get an NFL draft update. The Jets are going to have two first-round picks in this draft, so we got to look at the light at the end of the tunnel and see who might be in play for the Jets in the draft in April next year. Charlie, tell us about who upped their stock this weekend. Welcome to the show, my man. 
Thanks, Scott. So this week in college football, we saw uh, some excellent performances from, from skill position players that could interest the Jets. First of all, you got to look at Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson. He just had a monster game against Miami, showing off uh, really an incredible skill set. He's been known as that speedster running back, that home run hitter, a guy who can take any carry the distance, and he showed that again, putting Miami away when he took off on a 72-yard touchdown run. Later, he had an even more impressive run uh, where he hurdled a defender, stiff-armed another guy into the turf, uh, and pushed his way through for a gain over 20. He was just putting on a highlight show of speed, cutting ability, athleticism, and improved physicality. He's gotten stronger and tougher as a runner this year, and you're seeing it with more yards after contact against the Hurricanes. He had about 150 yards on the ground with a couple touchdowns, caught eight passes for 73 yards. So he's really proving himself worthy of first-round consideration here. And I think with that second first-round pick, uh, that would be an interesting player for the Jets because I don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to be on that team a whole lot longer. They could use a difference maker uh, for whether it's Trevor Lawrence or Sam Darnold is the quarterback next year. They could use a guy from the backfield that really makes things happen for their offense. Another skill position player that really had a nice week was Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from Florida. Really showed explosiveness, uh, dangerous with the ball in his hands. And Toney has been teasing and flashing big play potential throughout his college career, but has had a lot of injuries. But it's all kind of coming together for him as a senior here. He's staying healthy and productive, and he's a mismatch nightmare for defenses. Now as far as the stock down goes, I would have to say TJ Vasher, the wide receiver from Texas Tech, uh, has a stock down and not necessarily because of the field. On the field, He's a freak wide receiver. He's six foot six, about 210 pounds. Uh, scouts say his style of play is really similar to A.J. Green. Just a great ability to make acrobatic catches, mismatch size, enough quickness to get downfield. However, the stock down is because I've heard from multiple team sources that say that Vasher has real problems with work ethic, desire, and dedication. So the football character are causing teams to really grade him a lot lower and it's hurting him uh, around the league so uh, he's going to have to really improve that image in the pre-draft meetings and uh, and visits and whatnot in order to rise he has a great skill set but just the football character is really hurting him down hurting him right now so that's it for your walter football stock report thank you scott thanks charlie and thank you for listening if you haven't given us a five-star review on itunes yet if you could go ahead and do that for us really appreciate it easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us We'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.